Welcome to the Mavs Fans for Life podcast. My name is Josh Mazur, the editor-in-chief for MavsFansForLife.com, joined as always by Landon Thomas. Landon, tell me how excited you are for this podcast. I mean, there's no other reason to be as excited as I am because the season has started. It's here. Well, we have a, a actual basketball reason instead of a wrestling one. <laughs> I will take it. For once, yeah. For once. Uh, really, this is going to be a short and sweet one, I think. We're just going to go over the first three games of the season, say what we think about them, kind of uh, maybe talk about my experience as actually of actually going to one of the games. Uh, I went to Dallas versus Houston tonight. We are recording yeah, first this right home after. Went to the home opener um as credentialed media for the first time in in a season and a half we'll we'll start here with that wretched game one that we had Ooh. after such a promising preseason of uh going three and oh and then we started off and it looked pretty funky um i mean i i said before we had game one uh on the last pod that uh, I didn't think that game one meant much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, We talked about how sometimes it does tend to set the tone for a little bit, but uh, how do you, do you feel like that game one set the tone for this season? Or do you think they're already out of that, that tragedy that happened in game one? I think a little bit of both, right? I mean, it, it, it kind of put reality into perspective that this team, obviously it was the first, it was the first game, but obviously when you look at how the team played, you could tell that there's another level that this team might not have the potential to get to. Uh, Just playing a great team because when you see the team play against the next two games, yes, the shots were falling. Everyone was happy. The chemistry was there, but look who they're playing. They're playing the Raptors and the Rockets. The Hawks were Eastern Conference Finals team. I, I said I said it myself that I see them being a third seed in the East. I also said the Mavericks would be a third <laughs> seed in the West. Let's, uh, we'll talk are, about that later. Okay, <laughs> I was going to say, how are you feeling about that now? Um, I, think I'm, I think I'm back to the fifth seed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you'll come back down to earth with me, I guess. Um, so that first that first game, um, we might as well talk about it. We, I... Uh, during the preseason, one of the the things that we saw, we saw a pretty dominant preseason team with the Mavericks. And um, it was interesting to see how dominant they were because they were one of the the teams that utilized their starters the least in the league. Uh, they were yeah. in the, the bottom half of starter utilization, um, but they were one of the more dominant teams in the preseason so when we went into game one and you saw that rotation of players drop down um to very few 
players on the roster getting used outside of the starters and and then like a few bench players it was pretty surprising to me i i thought it was a an interesting um game plan <laughs> especially after you had seen success with these this other group of players that that are on the roster and um i think that luca plays the best whenever he does have um some good rest in the in the middle of games like he he tends to do well when he's well rested um mm -hmm. I don't know if he's ever going to be like right now he's averaging uh 37 points or 37 not 37 points I wish 37 minutes yeah in games and I don't want to see that I don't want to see that out of the, uh, out of him so you shouldn't see that yeah no I mean I know that he's young but I also Ooh. I don't want him to get old quick so I don't want him playing 37 minutes a game. He's never going to be that Iron Man type of player that can, I mean, unless he changes something, he's not, he's just not that kind of player. So I don't want to see 37 minutes average for, for Luca, which means we got to have some other players come off the bench and produce. But what, it, what, so if you erase that, I, th I think that Hawks game is an outlier. I think it was almost a trap game uh, because of how well the preseason went. And then going into it, you have like an almost an overconfident Mavs team. And then you change the way uh, you just change the rotation quickly yeah add overconfidence to that and a team that in the hawks that is a talented and very competitive very athletic team i feel like we were just the mavericks were just destined to lose that game hope i hoped it was not as as ugly as it ended up being uh but then we move forward to game two which versus the raptors and <clears throat> I mean, it started pretty, pretty ugly, too. Yeah. At one point, the, the down 16 to two, I think, was the uh, was the beginning of that game. So when you watch that game and you you turn on that that first quarter, what were you thinking at that when it's 16 to two? What are what's going through? Oh, your man. Mind? I, I literally say, uh, uh, that's what <laughs> that's what I said when I was watching that. It was kind of scary, too. Um because it was just a flashback of the first game, like you said, and you have all this hope for um, this this talented Mavericks team um, where you start questioning um, some of the things that the coaching staff's doing, some of the things that the players are doing, and it's only game two um, of the season. But it's it's something that, that you have to – um, take take a step back and and take things um, slowly, but also ask yourself: Are are the players put in the right position to succeed? Because um, you're playing against the Raptors. I mean, no disrespect, but um, 
are, are they even a playoff team or a play in team this season? Um, so it's, it was definitely scary <laughs> to watch that. What do you think? Um, <clears throat> excuse me while I clear my throat. I was before that game started, I definitely thought the Mavericks are going to come back and just dominate this game all four quarters. Right That's how bat. I thought they were going to handle the Raptors. Like I thought, obviously, when you come off of just a butt whooping that happened with Atlanta, history of Mavericks teams shows us that that next game is always pretty good for them. Yeah. It's almost like it doesn't matter who's on the team. I'm talking like a history of Mavericks with like 20 years. The Mavericks tend to come back and play that second game after a, a giant butt whooping like like that Atlanta game. They always come back and they and dominate the next the next game. Then to have them come out of the gate so stagnant and just stale and just look atrocious. They looked so bad in that first quarter. Yeah. It, it looked like they weren't going to get a shot up. Like I was looking at the, the stat sheet and thinking, I don't even know who scored the two points. How did we even get two points? It was like, it must've just happened by pity. Like <laughs> the, the refs were like, please just put something on the board. Cause it looked so ugly. Um, gradually though, they just kind of found their way back in that game. And what was it they did? I don't remember when they first took the lead, but it was what third, late third quarter when they finally got a lead and then, and then kind of chugged along and never looked back. And then Nobi was going off too. Um, his first two games, he was like seven for 35. And then against the Mavericks, like he, he couldn't even miss. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. He's going off. Well, it was in that regard, lucky that he kind of found himself in foul trouble. Yes. Um, and that kind of coincided with the Mavericks all of a sudden playing well, because he, uh, OG found himself in foul trouble, I think in the second quarter already. And then it kind of. Uh, went downhill for the Raptors. And that's when the Mavs came back. <laughs> yeah, so late second or early third. He, he's one of those players that, um, in the future, I'll be interested to see uh, what he does because he's an enigma to me. Yeah, like a, a kind of the kind of player that I don't traditionally think is uh, going to be like dominant, but. And I don't think he will be, but I think he's going to be on a tier above what I expected him to be. So I I really like that player. I wish, you know, I wish he was in a Mavs uniform, but Ooh. yeah. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, Anything more about the Raptors game? Did, did any, any player outside of... Luca impress you. We haven't even mentioned Porzingis's name to this point. But I think we should give him a little bit of a shout out. He has looked more active on both sides of the court in even the worst 
<laughs> and even that Hawks game, he looked more active on defense than uh, I had seen him in a long time. And then Toronto, the same thing. Uh, I don't know how many blocks he had in that game, but it seemed like it was 60. He was just all over the place. He's all arms at one point. So um, I've been really, uh, I, I feel like I'm proven right a little bit so far, only yeah. with a, such a small sample size, but he's been who I wanted him to be so far with a new coach and a little bit happier. And we're seeing this, this KP so far that, I mean, not the astronomical expectations of what it was when he was in New York, but we're definitely seeing a, a, a new version, a unicorn 2.0 as you yeah, have it. Uh, exactly. Which is promising. And I like, yeah, a start to the season without an injury has definitely done well for that man so far. So that brings us to game three, which is unfortunate because this game, yeah. he kind of went out halfway through with a uh, lower back injury. Is that's what, what's being reported, I think? Yeah, lower back. Jason Kidd, after the game, said he, he's he's fine, but it's still some anything, <laughs> anything health-wise with KP, is, you better be very cautious. I'm kind of surprised he played in this game to be honest because he, he already had a pretty nasty shiner he had a black yeah. eye and i don't know if i've seen a player in a long time have that bad of a black eye and still play still yeah, play it was the, pretty gruesome play game it was a pretty nasty black eye especially that makeup job <laughs> that, uh, like the movies yeah especially that instagram post from the oh. day from the next day and it came from him uh, headbutting. Who did he headbutt? Uh, he, he definitely got the easier end of it, though, because he headbutted somebody, and, and they're, they had a big gash on their forehead. Yeah, I got I cannot stitches. remember the kid's name. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Um, Was it Mikulov? Yeah, who yes. used to play with the Lakers. Yes. Yeah. The shooter. Um, but play with the Pistons too. Two wins in a row. One versus the Raptors. Now at home against the Rockets. Um, we had a Reggie Bullock sighting in this Houston game, which is very exciting for me because if that's this is the player in this Rockets game, this is the Reggie Bullock that I thought we were getting. This is what I was excited about yeah. in the off season. Um, and he had, a, <laughs> it's funny because uh, one of the Mavs reporters asked a, a question of like, why wasn't Reggie Bullock getting more minutes or uh, is there a reason that he wasn't, in the rotation as much so far after I think he asked that after game two and Jason Kidd had a kind of a contentious response and uh, kind of a, a, a little bit aggressive where he was he said uh, what, do, what would you want him to have 24 minutes or how much do you want him to have and that make you feel better <laughs> would that make yeah would that make you feel better and you know I it's, it's 
I get some of his frustration, but also um, it is his job to find a place in this rotation for this player. You, yeah, biggest signing. You, you wanted him. That was the big signing of the offseason. Figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Figure out where he fits. And you know what? If he... <laughs> If you don't want to answer those questions either, you've got to, too bad. That's your job. It's yeah. your job to answer that question. It wasn't an invalid question, by the way, to to say, hey, uh, is this guy injured or why isn't he finding himself in the rotation more? That's a valid question. So, well, he's not, he's not I, only, he, 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 you know, his minutes are, um, were lower than what we imagined, but he's he he wasn't in the offense. I mean, did you the first two games he hardly got the ball. He was just playing defense. In this yeah. game, you really like you said, this is what we envision him to be in a Mavericks uniform, getting shots up and um playing defense, but uh, you know, being that three and D guy, just like Dorian. Yeah, I was worried through the first two games like oh no did we sign this guy and it wasn't Jason kids like he did he didn't want it yeah so mm-hmm. now he's one of those players that is immediately on the outs with his coach because the coach didn't want him and I still think that that could have been um maybe that I mean that's a lot of speculation it's irresponsible speculation but there's a reason he wasn't playing. There's got to be. And it didn't seem like it was an injury. So, mm-hmm. and now we've had this, uh, what did he call it? The leadership corral. Yeah, leadership. Or, yeah. <laughs> whatever they called it. What the Boy is Scouts it? Club. Yeah, leadership council. So what, what was the deal with the leadership council? So the leadership council. So Jason Kidd. Um, so all 15 players played all 15 on the active roster played, um, in the, uh, in the third game against the Rockets and Jason Kidd, who has been telling the media everything, which is good for us, but (laughs) definitely opposite of Rick Carlisle. He's, he, he told, um, he told all of us, um, after the game that he played all 15 members due to the request of a three man leadership council. And um, that leadership council um, consists of Luca, Kristaps, and THJ. So the captains of the team. And they have, they give their inputs to the coach on um, the betterment of the team, on, and also, uh, what they think should happen with the roster and stuff like that. So I don't think it's a good thing to be sharing that with the media, but Hey, that's a good information for us. Well, I'm, I mean, as devil's advocate, what does it hurt to tell? Because the media he's, that? because he, he's, he's not showing, he's not showing authority with being the head coach. Like first he's asking THJ, do you want to start or do you want to be a six man? Like that should be your decision as the head coach of the team. And then he's then these three guys are saying, Hey, all fifteen of us should play. Okay, sounds good. 
like he's then all 15 players should play like I think the head coach should make these decisions are they good decisions I don't know I mean obviously he agreed with them but I think I think he's telling us too much I think that's something I don't have that you a keep in house. With the asking THJ. This is the second time we've talked about this, but I didn't really say anything about it before. I don't have a problem with him asking THJ if he wants to start or if he wants to come off the bench. Because, well, for one, he. We, we, you just assume that THJ is going to be the starting. Uh, that he's going to be in a starting role. After, especially after signing the contract, so he asked. Yeah. So, if you come into that conversation, assuming that you have the starter and you and you give this player the confidence of like asking them, do you want to be the starter or do you want to come off the bench? If he says he wants to come off the bench, hell yeah, you have the best six man you could possibly have, and then you can find another starter. There's it's it's a win-win situation because he says yeah, I'd rather be the starter. Well, he was already the starter. If he says yeah. I'd I'd like to come off the bench, well, f- yeah, you have the best <laughs> guy coming off the bench you could possibly have on the team. You have instant offense off the bench. So, but when's the when's the last time you heard a head coach say that? Like it doesn't matter. I he, asked it, a player. I, I, I have to think and that he, he thought knew about that. it. He gave me a few days to think about it. Like, come oh, on. Oh, it's a now. win-win. There's nothing there's nothing come wrong with on. that. He's you know why he did that though? Because he's, he's trying to be the opposite of Bucks and uh Nets. Like all no, about I don't think I don't think that at all. Because I think he would have asked the same question when he was Bucks and, and Knicks. I think the reason he asked that question is because he was a player long enough that he knew he would have liked a coach to ask him maybe when he lost a step, do you want to be the six man or do you still think you can be the starter? He's probably in a place he's been in that position where he wishes that a coach would have asked him, you know, it's not as if he's giving that player. He's not, he didn't give THJ any power. There's no power in that situation because both things you say, can be right it i it's it's different than if thj was supposed to be the sixth man right yeah. if he was if he was if we had a a if the mavs had a a shooting guard that was definitely better than him or fit a starting role better than thj did and then J- Jason Kidd went to him and said, do you want to be the starter? Or do you want to be the six man? Then I have a problem with it. This was coming from a place of he was already in power. Are you more comfortable in this role that you've had in the past? Or do you want to con- like, or do you want to be the starter that you're probably destined to be anyway? I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, well, I see your point, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about giving that information out. That's, I feel like um, the questions he's asking, he's going into a little bit too much detail where he's saying everything that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we want these sound bites, but we don't need to know that you're asking your starters, do they want to be a, a bench player or a starter? We don't need to know you're you're asking the three your three captains who should play tonight. Like, 
You know, this is the head coach of the team. You know, why I also don't have a problem with that either. Because you listened to Rick Carlisle for years. No, no, no. This has far, far nothing to do with Rick Carlisle. Because I think the both ways of doing coaching, both styles, have pros and cons. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I think in this day and age, with this type of player, um, a lot more things get leaked or get you'll get some information about things like that and then that's when it gets dangerous because that's when it gets embellished by irresponsible media members that's when you that's when you get like if you get a little if you if you just got a little string of that story that there's a leadership council on the mavericks and he didn't just tell you outright what it was that's yeah. when you start getting uh the made up stories the the wrestling storylines of what's happening backstage and that's what tears apart a uh, a team yeah so i'm i'm much happier that okay if you're going to have a a boy scout powwow team i'd much rather him say like hey these are the people that are on it it's the this three guys are the guys that we we want their input on uh decision making for this team these are the three guys that are on it they're gonna have more input than everybody else he just says it outright so there's no there's no room to to create a narrative for that yeah so i'm way happier with that way of handling it because there's no room for speculation it is. He told you the secret. Like, he told you why 15 people played. Yeah. Because we have a three-member leadership staff, and they said we think for the home opener, all 15 people should play. Well, then they so, need to suggest some talented players every time uh, the draft comes up, every time uh, free agency comes up. <laughs> they need to suggest... Well, just a little more more in uh, Jason Kidd's ear. Yeah, I I think so too. But also when we get to stuff like that um that I don't think you'll you'll hear next season I don't think they'll be quite as open with like who they're thinking of recruiting and who they uh want to draft because that then you then you start messing with other teams hearing that having that knowledge and then also like messing with you in trades and stuff like that because they know what your end goal is so i don't think you'll you'll see that yeah i just don't think there's anything to lose by him being that open openly honest yeah about the uh, it's not as if he's telling the media like what the plays are or anything like that he's only saying hey we had 15 people play because we have a leadership committee and they said that they think all 15 (laughs) it sounds silly it really does it does it sounds silly but also like it does from a head coach yeah there it only sounds silly because you've you've not heard it from anybody you've never heard a a coach be that open because i'll tell you this i know for a fact that this is not the first time a team has had like a leadership committee 
Oh no! This isn't the first time. This is the first. It's a great thing to have. Yeah, it's just something we don't hear. Yeah, because it's behind closed doors, and yeah, it's people. That's you know, you get the crazy stories about like, look, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh made all the decisions for the Miami Heat. But if they had a coach that was like, yeah, they're a leadership team and they came out and they told us they wanted this specific thing done and that was it. And so we did that. But no, instead, they just made it like really ominous. And then we had all these rumors of of what they did and all the moves that they pulled behind closed doors. It's silly. So I'm just I'm glad that he just got it out there and just said what it is. Yeah. Over the next few games. What do you uh, what do you expect their record to be, let's say, um, by 10 games? By 10 games? I, I want their record to be at least six and four. I mean, so the next, um, let's just say six games. They have the Spurs, Nuggets, uh, Kings, Heat. Spurs, Celtics, so you got three um three good teams. Well Celtics, they should be good, but they're very inconsistent. Um I, I wanna see I wanna see the team be six and four at at least. Um because from the Mavericks from the first few games I've seen obviously inconsistent scoring and shooting, but that first game you know, the first game kind of impacts those stats and numbers. But I've seen really good rebounding. I've seen really good defense uh, protecting the rim. Um, we need to get more steals, um, but blocks, rebounding, and just overall uh, defensive stats. I like where we are. Um, if we can keep that shooting, um, which means uh, we need more pin downs, we need more screens. Um, we need just more uh, THJ and more um, Bullock um, in the offense, just plays for them. I know we're doing great with Chris Stops. We're doing great with Luca, obviously, Jalen. Um, but we need uh, just to keep those plays going for THJ and Bullock and some of those role players that we're going to need um, later on um, during the season. Yeah. What do you think, think the match will be? Um. I want seven and three by 10 games. I'm looking at that schedule. We play San Antonio twice, play Sacramento, um, Boston. The games I think you'll, that are losses are Denver and Miami. So with that said, I, I, I think we're seven and three at, at 10. Um, which is great. Yeah, it's a good. That's a good record. That's a good place to start from. Hopefully, so. KP's okay. I think he is. I think that it was just a little stinger. Yeah, he, he he's been beat up over the last two games. So take him take him out. <laughs> you say he's he's gonna go back to shooting threes. No, no. <laughs> he got a little stinger for being aggressive. Hey, you know what? I I just I like the player that he is this season so far. I know we're only I love three it. games in, but I like the aggressiveness, man. I like seeing him look like he likes basketball again. So yeah, 
I don't even care about the points. If he if he stays with this rebounding and and protecting the rim like he used to, which we see in the first few games, I I'll, I'll take it. I'll even take 18 points. Um, 18, nine, and and two re um two and two and a half blocks. I mean, I like it. I'll take it. Um, do we have a poll for next week? No, we. Don't. I know I'm one and three now. But... Oh, yeah, it's almost not even worth playing this. You should, game. Have, you should have some chocolate ice cream to <laughs> drown your sorrows. I would, but in. apparently, I can't. I can only have cookies and cream because you're all a bunch <laughs> of monsters. Oh, cookie monsters, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Cookies and uh, monsters. Do you want to take a break from the poll? I mean, one in three is like, ugh. I don't. Fine. Fine. Okay. I think you're just scared of, you know, now now you're the the big man on Mavs fans campus, and uh, you're just afraid <laughs> that I'll come back and, and beat you. And that's fine. That's you fine. Should, you should, I'll beat you, you next week. You should have asked the Rockets after the game. How does it feel to be one in three? Because so. <laughs> I know. I know how it feels. <laughs> and it doesn't feel good. All right. I think that's it. We will see you guys. Well, we won't see anybody, but you'll hear us next week. <laughs>